and, and we have too much of that in the workplace right now. So I'm really pushing the need for leaders to step up and make this decision regardless of the way others are treating you. This is a decision that you have to make. And that drives everything else. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. And it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by Spot, And so I am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now. And I'm in the command center of the Emotelligent Leadership Institute, where I'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. And put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And on today's show, we are going to talk about how you can turn around your team, those that follow you, using three simple, but may not be easy, letters, actually words, starting with the letter L. And you will hear what those are in a few moments because we have a guest who is going to share with us how to do that. And when you hear it, you're going to you're going to think to yourself, well, those words, I, I knew them, but within this context, hmm, something magically happens when you hear our guest break this down for us today. But before we get there, let me just say, if this is your first time with us, thank you so very much for joining us on the Kings of Grand Show. Much appreciated, and I hope this is your first of many visits. If this is, of course, your second, third, fourth, or more, thank you tremendously. From the bottom of my heart, I'm so grateful because of you, this show is what it is and is having the success it is because of you. So thank you for being so faithful and consistent in your listening. I truly appreciate that. And as as you've listened, if you have not yet done what some others have done, and that is to, on the platform in which you listen to the show, leave me a rating and a review or some kind of feedback. If it's Apple Podcasts, I know that you can leave me a rating and review there. I would truly appreciate that because that is, that's the way that I know what this show means to you. I, I, and others who are looking for a show like this can truly find quickly what they're looking for by even looking at your review and deciding whether or not this show is worth listening to. So I 
again, ask that you do that. And one last thing before we get into the our show is to remind you that this show is being brought to you by Kingspire Communication, where we help leaders turn around toxic environments and get better results through emotional intelligence. So again, if you are looking for a keynote speaker or a trainer for your next event, then make sure that you reach out to me at kingsleygrant.com, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T.com slash connect, kingsleygrant.com slash connect, and you can reach out to me there. And now for the show that you have been waiting for and have come to listen to, let me, without further ado, have you join me in welcoming our guest to the show, Mr. David Vish. Thank you for joining me on the Kings of Grand Show, where leadership and emotional intelligence skills intersect. This show is designed for leaders who want to get better results from knowing what works and what doesn't work in today's workplace. Today, we have a special guest on the show. His name is David Vish. Let me tell you a little about him, and we'll unpack the rest as we go through the show today. Throughout the years, David has been many things. An infantry officer, staff officer, brother, husband, father, author, student, teacher, farmer, sports team owner, travel advisor, grandfather, and currently the founder of Leader Sites an organization centered around helping leaders of all types hone their leadership skills. Whether teaching at the University of Kentucky or Ohio State University or in the U.S. military, David has always carefully studied leadership with an eye for finding practical strategies that his students and clients can easily apply and centered his work around the philosophy that work should be fun, exciting, challenging, and interesting. Above all else, he is a lifelong learner with his research focusing on organizations, the people that compose them, and the ways in which lean leadership and learning systems contribute to employee satisfaction and well-being. To share what he has learned, David has authored two books, one, Leader Sites, Creating Great Leaders and Create Great Workplaces, and the C4 Process for Vital Steps to Better Work. When he isn't working with his clients or teaching students about leadership, David is a skilled orienteer and an avid traveler, so much so that he even opened his own travel agency. David, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, sir? Hi, Kingsley. Thank you for having me. I'm very well today and very excited to be on the show. Awesome. And where in the world is David today? Well, David today is in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm right here on the on the waterfront in the Inner Harbor, uh, enjoying the view. Um, awesome. And uh, visiting with my grandkids uh, <laughs> before we head back after the new year. Great. Well, Enjoy your grandkids and enjoy the rest of the time there. So the question I open the show, I ask all my guests, David, is when you hear the word leader and or leadership, what comes to your mind? All right. The uh, 
I'm a follower of uh, servant leadership. Uh, so my definition of leadership comes from James Hunter, uh, and it's the set of skills of influencing people to work enthusiastically toward goals identified as being for the common good with character that inspires confidence. And that kind of forms the core of the leadership model that I've kind of developed that I call the integral leadership model. So whatever leaders do, it starts from that core of being a servant leader and that need to satisfy others' needs rather than uh, a very inward-looking, self-looking kind of leadership model. You know, there are I'm, lots of other – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I wanted to kind of piggyback on that because it sounds like you – you know, what you're, what I'm hearing you're saying, you can correct me here, but it sounds like being other-centered, the whole idea of servant leadership is what you're exposing. Would I be correct in saying that? Yes. Okay. And, and so what, why do you find that that kind of leadership – is more beneficial or may work better in today's workplace? Well, for the long haul, uh, it builds better relationships with people. And whenever you're, you're working to help other people improve their lives or to satisfy others' needs, uh, providing the support that they need, challenging them to higher levels of, goal, uh, of goals, um, correcting them when they're off track, and then encouraging them to get back on track, um, I, I think that just kind of breeds more followership. Uh, people are much more likely to help you in turn. And they'll give you the authority actually to keep leading so that you don't have to lead from a position of power, which to me comes from the position in the organization and the resources that they give you to do your, the job they've hired you for. Position of authority means the followers actually give you the authority and everything you need to continue leading them. Hmm. You know, I really like that. I like the phrase you just used, that the followers give you the authority, because it, it sounds to me that when that is in play, that you're, apt, you're more apt to get more from them because they already have given you the permission, almost, so to speak, to lead them. Is that what you're, would that be correct? That's exactly right. And if you create the right kind of climate, they will continue to provide that support. Um, sadly, we, we've got other leaders who take the position that... Uh, you know, I'm in charge. You got to do what I, I tell you to do because I'm in charge. Mm. And you might be able to get results for the short term, but if you if your people build resentment, uh, they're going to hold things back from you. They're not going to share problems. They're certainly not going to share ideas with you. And let's face it, any one human being just can't do the kinds of things that we need to do these days uh, to make the world better. Hmm. Do you find, David, that some leaders? probably may push back at this and, you know, remain like, okay, you know, it, 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 it works for me where I tell people what to do and that is what I, all I know. And somehow I, I have a hard time seeing any other way to get people probably more motivated or doing the job. I mean, that's what I'm hired for, to tell them what to do. Do you get that kind of pushback or feel of any of leaders in any capacity? I don't know that I get that kind of pushback. I do have people that kind of look sideways at me because they <laughs> they may have never considered this mm. as an alternative approach. Most folks, they get thrust into a leadership role. Maybe they're pretty good at a job that they're doing mm -hmm. and the organization wants to give them a promotion or something, but they can only do that by putting them in charge of other people. Mm. And then they never give them any training or any skills development 
to be in charge of those other people. And so they remember the results that the leaders they've had in the past got, and they'll try to mimic some of those behaviors. And sadly, we've got a long, long history of leaders who are more bullies than, than effective leaders. You know, I, I think that's a very good point you were making, David, about the fact that how sometimes people are in leadership, not because they are a leader per se or qualifies based upon just certain criteria, but they may have gotten that position, as you said, and promotion, whether it's by their tenure or because of they, their uh, tactical skills at a certain level, but they may not be the best person to lead people because not everybody can truly lead people. It, it requires certain skills. What might be some skills, David, that you have come across and maybe teach or have yourself, you know, in your, in your experience, what are some basic leadership skills that somehow every leader ought to have? Well, Kingsley, I teach that there are four basic skills. So there's only four things that I want you to have a skill to do. Uh, but before we get to the skills, let me, let me kind of tee this up with, uh, in order to build these skills, a leader has to consciously make three key decisions. Uh, and you got to make these decisions kind of every day. And that the first decision is I'm going to approach this work with love. So I'm going to use love as the basis. That's kind of the servant leader mentality coming through in practice. And I talk about love as, as a decision that we make that causes us to place the needs of others above our own needs. And that's, that's it. There's no group hugs. There's no emotion. There's no gooey stuff. And there's certainly no inappropriate behavior associated with this. Um, we love our children. We do things with our children so that we hope they grow to better, more effective adults. The things that we decide to do with those children are the same things that leaders need to do for their people because we want the same outcome. We want them to be better people as we go forward. So that first decision is love. The second decision is learn. So if I'm going to decide to love you and place your needs above my own, the most important thing for me to learn now is what do you need? And so I need to be involved in understanding the work that you do, the challenges that you have, the problems that you have, what kind of support you need, and how can I best deliver that leadership support so that you can be more effective. So it's a constant learning thing about the work. And then the third uh, is, often, uh, is often perceived as the most difficult one, but mm. uh, the reality is a little different. Uh, it's, the third one is to let go. Right? Mm. So, so we've got an awful lot of leaders who do an awful lot of work because they're afraid to let go and let their people try things because maybe sometime in the past they trusted somebody to do something and they were let down and then they got in trouble or something like that. Yeah. Um, so we tend to uh, respond to that kind of, of experience by withholding more. And in order for us to be effective, I mean, the only way a leader can really control any kind of complex organization at all is to let go and decentralize that control, build trust and relationships and build skills in your workforce. And then you can confidently let go and then you can focus on leading and building for the future instead of doing the tasks that your folks ought to be doing. Okay. So those three leadership decisions should shape everything else. And those four skills uh, it boils down to these 
simple things. One before before you get there, David, before oh, you yeah. get there, I want to recap because I, I think you you I, this is really something that is so pertinent to the leader having the be, get better results in the workplace that I really, if I can, just want to put the a recap on what you just said. Those three um, approaches that a leader ought to have, the love. Because when I heard the love part, and I'm glad you quantified that because I could hear a person say, hey, that sounds sentimental and you know emotional. I don't want to. Because of course, there are so many things today in our workplace and the harassment and all that. They may misinterpret that. So I'm glad you qualified that because I think it's very important to have an atmosphere that have love, but in a very healthy manner. So you put a good spin on that. So love is the first thing you mentioned, putting others' needs first. Number two, learn. You know, and I love the fact what you need. What do you need to do a good job? And you are to me that leader is saying, I want to show you up. I want to really put you, I mean, on that, you know, to uh, spotlight you. And so what do you need? And I love that because a leader who does that in my in my world will get people to enthusiastically follow them and give them their best. And number three, Absolutely. let go and let the people. And when I heard that, I'm hearing, wow, you nail it because that's a trusting a relationship. It's saying, I trust you as my people to really to do what you are being hired to do and not micromanage you. So I love the fact that you're simply saying this kind of leadership is really one that is going to create uh, a movement and an engagement that really going to trump whatever have been happening in the past. So thank you for sharing those three. And now we can get into the basic skills. I had I really could not let that go because it was so well done. I wanted to make sure that we kind of um, put that out there again another way. So thank you. And now we can get into the basic skills you I just started saying. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. Let me, and let me just say the, the difficulty in making these decisions uh, is very personal. Um, I think the most difficult of those decisions to make every day is to love. Uh, And I think it's difficult because of the way that people treat each other in the workplace so often. Uh, It is hard to treat somebody with love when they're treating you with disrespect, when they're um, not showing you any kind of of dignity. Uh, And and we have too much of that in the workplace right now. So I'm really pushing the need for leaders to step up and make this decision regardless of the way others are treating you. This is a decision that you have to make. And that drives everything else. The other decision that's tough is, is letting go because we have for so long had to try to control things and, and yes. draw things in. And if we're, if we're leading from a power position instead of a, an authority position, then our tendency is to accumulate more and more and more of that. And so we try to control things and then we end up really micromanaging yes. uh, because we're always following it and we're always asking. And I've run into a lot of people who, who confuse micromanaging with doing their job. They think their job is to get in there and really understand all the details. But if, if we don't allow people to try things, if we don't allow people to do the work that we've assigned them, then how are we going to go in the future? I mean, it's just, it limits our capability to do anything. So we've got to be able to do that. You so know, I just wanted I, to clear, clarify that. And, and thank you, because I think really, as you have stated, these, I, I believe this is a trifecta for, 
for really improving and boosting engagement in the workplace. You know, I think it was Gallup who showed that seven, almost 70% of people in the workplace are either disengaged or actively disengaged right. in the workplace. So I think this, you know, the trifecta basically is simply saying the love, learn, and letting, letting go is one of those ways that I believe that what I'm hearing, David, is that it can truly um, kind of um, put put a, a uh, not a spin, but actually put a booster rocket behind people's engagement in the workplace. So I, I think um, that's really a great way that as you're listening right now, I believe, and David is sharing this, I want you to think about how is it your, what's the experience you're having in your workplace right now? How are your people um, approaching work? Do they feel enthusiastic and and are, are they highly engaged? And if they're not, what David is saying, I believe, you may want to experiment and just see. Just try it. What are you going to lose by trying this? I believe you have nothing to lose but a lot to gain. So, David, thank you for helping us with that. Excellent. Yes. Um, now, the skills. If I'm going to make the decision to love somebody, the, the four key things that I've got to be able to do uh, – the number one thing is to be able to effectively challenge them. Now, I have been on a campaign to change the implication of this word challenge because most of the time we view this word as something threatening. Mm. Um, I'm going to challenge your thinking on that, Kingsley. And yes. Immediately, <laughs> with, immediately when somebody challenges my thinking, my walls go up, my defenses go up, and I'm ready to fight. <laughs> uh, and, and we don't want that. Uh, a lot of times people will, uh, I, I have this little exercise where I do in workshops that I do with people and I ask them to look into the future and tell me what they think the greatest challenges are over the next 20 years. And invariably the groups come back with all these lists of problems that they think they're going to have. And I try to turn it on its head and say, look, a challenge should be fun. It should be exciting. It should be difficult. It, could be, it should be something that I want to pursue. So in essence, it's an effective goal that leaders share with their teams that gets them inspired and fired up to try to go after that goal. So there has to be some reason to go after that, and it has to be a positive experience. So if we can all start talking about challenge in the positive Instead of in the, oh, my God, we got this challenge. we got to go overcome this challenge. We are, let's look at this as something that we want to pursue. I love, that, I, love, that, I love that framing, by the way, David. I love that framing because, you know, I, I think that what you have just done, because you're right, I don't often hear this being presented in the manner in which you just did because it sounds like with a challenge, it's almost like, oh, and you say, yeah, right away people have a different um, you know, view of what that means. And so by clarifying and putting that spin or that frame on it, I believe it does help a leader say, hey, wait a minute, the more I can present a challenge in this manner, I believe people are more apt to rise up and help them accomplish or um, achieve that more so than if it's not done the right way. So that was a very good um, framing of the word challenge. So we, again, thank you for, for sharing that with us. Well, and and it, it goes back to the way we measure things and the way we present the things that we're measuring. Because too often, I mean, lots of organizations measure lots of things and they'll set a target. But the target can be very demotivating or it can be presented as a challenge to overcome. Mm -hmm. 
uh, if it's very demotivating, if it's difficult and people see that it's going to be difficult, but they don't see that there's any support to get them there. So then they're like, well, why do we, you know, I can't do anything to affect that number anyway. You're just going to come and yell at me if I don't hit the target. And and so they don't really get engaged in that goal. So leaders, the skill is in being able to uh, engage the group in setting that target so that they all agree that, yes, we can't get there right now. We have to improve something. We have to get better because the challenge is out there and it's worth going after because it's going to make the, the business more successful. It's going to make the organization more capable of, of feeding more people or taking care of the homeless or whatever our mission is. It's going to allow us to enable that mission. So we've got to get good at, at, at engaging people and setting those goals rather than just say, you know, by the end of this quarter, you've got to have 6.4 on this index score or something like that. So I think that's very important that we, we build this skill of learning how to challenge people appropriately. The next skill is uh, if I'm going to lay a challenge out like that, uh, I better by God support them in achieving that challenge. Mm -hmm. So I've got to know how to provide the right kind of support that people need to be able to achieve the challenge, achieve the goal, uh, maximize the target and continuously improve. Uh, And so support generally provides resources to people. So what do they actually need? Uh, Do they need some additional help? Do they need some additional time? Do they need to change the process that we're working in right now to make it capable of achieving the the target? So that kind of support means you're there. You're present. You're engaged in the work as well. It's not just that you expect them to be engaged. The leaders have to be engaged as well in understanding and reaching out and providing um, everything that those people need to achieve that challenge. So do, do you, it's do, the learning piece. David, do you find that, you know, I, I think what I really like about that part, because me, if I'm a, that person as a worker, I'm following you as a leader, and you're saying the same, Kingsley, you know, I want you to be the best version of yourself. I want you to maximize your strengths and your skills. Cool. And I've learned that about you, taking the time to do that. Here's what I believe will help you, and I provide you the resources. You know, for me... I would just interpret that as you showing interest in me as a person and want the best for me rather than just seeing me as a, 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 a you know, be worker, just doing things. So I think absolutely, that, I love that. Thank you for, for I mean, mentioning Excellent. that piece because I think it helps me. Well, one of the more important things that we do in, in providing support is providing a process that they can work in that will actually take them to that new objective. So if we define this process and we say, this is the way we need to do the work folks from now on, then we've got to stay engaged because every now and then people will kind of stray off course. And when they stray off course, it's our job as a leader to correct them and get them back on course. Just like we would do with our kids. You know, our kids are going to go out, they're going to break a couple of rules. Sometimes that leads to new discoveries. Sometimes that leads to trouble. We need to make sure we take action to correct that behavior so that they don't repeat it if it's bad or that we understand what it led to so that we can repeat it if it gave us a better result. Um, but the fact is, if we're not keeping up with what our folks are doing, we can't tell whether they're doing it right or wrong, then we're not leading. Mm. Uh, we've 
got to also be able to have that hard conversation when someone says, well, look, I'm a creative person. I'm going to do this however the heck I want. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we collectively decided that this was the best way to do the work and that this is the only way that we're going to get that result. So you have to do it the way we've asked you to do it, the way we've trained you to do it, the way we've built this. Um, And so sometimes it's tough to get people to agree that this way is better than the way you're doing it right now. So we often have to show them and be very patient with them. But we don't have to be patient to the ends of the earth. We still have to enforce the rules. They still have to follow the rules, mm-hmm. just like mom and dad said, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that's so true. But I think what I, I like, though, David, is that you kind of set the, the stage for this because at this point, that person know that the relationship you've established with them by the servant you know, um, approach, by loving, learning, and letting go, they know at this point when you're trying to correct something and have that hard conversation, they would see it as, I think, almost like a thank you because they know even that hard conversation is something you're doing because you have their best interest at heart as well. Exactly. And if you've built that kind of relationship with your people, they will welcome that feedback. Mm, very good. And they'll take you to better places as well. Then the fourth skill, Kingsley, is, is, you know, after you've corrected somebody, sometimes they're a little bit down. So you've got to get really good at encouraging people. Mm. So I want you to think of these four words, challenge, support, correct, and encourage. Um, I would be very surprised if anybody could show me when they have actually been taught how to encourage somebody mm. or how to challenge somebody. So we as collective, collectively as leaders – we have to be able to say, well, here are the ways that you can best encourage people. And we need to deliberately teach leaders how to do this. Here are the ways that we have found that are the best ways to challenge our people and then teach our leaders how to do that. But what I'm seeing in in organizations way too often, and I'm sure you've seen this as well with, with, with places you've been and folks you've talked to is we are really poor collectively at, at developing leaders. Yes. Um, we throw these people into these situations and then don't give them any training and then beat them up when they fail. Um, so we've got to take a look throughout the organization. At, I mean, from the, the uh, depending on how you look at your organization, if your organization has the leadership at the top and it's a very hierarchical and things flow down, that's one way to look at it. We've got to get the folks at the top engaged in understanding how they serve a key role in developing leaders throughout the organization. The servant leader model flips that triangle upside down so that the leader is the strong man on the bottom and he's on the bottom of the organization because he or she provides support and direction up instead of letting things flow down. So it's, it's an interesting way to look at an organization when you invert that triangle. You know, it, it's, it, it is one that I believe, David, is interesting. It's, it's, it's um, almost a, a shift away from what we are used to. You know, I, I, I see myself on a mission to redefine leadership, you know, and make it more sexy again. And I believe this is one of those moments where I think when leaders can shift away from the traditional way of how they've always done leadership and get the results, because obviously it's not working too well when you have almost... Send the percent of your people who are disengaged. So there's something that needs to be 
you know, um, to, to, to step back and look at, zoom out and say, hey, what's not working here? So I love the fact that you're presenting this, this um, approach, almost this model, um, David, in, in trying to change things. But I want to quickly um, just review the four skills you mentioned, which I think they're so um, on point. And that is to how to effectively challenge and the framing of the word challenge is fun and exciting. I love that. So I think that's the first thing you as a leader ought to, to be careful. I mean, not careful, but to want to revisit when you hear the word challenge, what do you hear? And so I hopefully what David have shared today is what you're now going to use as your new definition of challenge in presenting to your people. Number two, be a supportive approach, right? A supportive approach, which I think is really so key because I think what he said was to have, you know, you get the results and um, you really want, but you are uh, um, providing the resources to help your people be more successful. Number three, correcting them, but correcting them already having established a relationship you have done with them, they're going to really applaud and accept and receive that much better because you have established that relationship. And number four, encourage them, which is a key idea behind. And I love the fact that he has them as a last one because it really is saying, okay, now we've done all these things. How can I get you encouraged and to go and to do even more than you have uh, been doing? David, these are incredible, um, I think, very uh, skills, uh, important skills that we as leaders need to, um, to know. But I think someone is listening today maybe thinking, okay, this guy sounds like, you know, is somebody that I really want to know more about and what he has going on. What are you working on now that maybe our listeners who are hearing that might be interested in and need to hear about, and where can they find out about what it is you're currently working on? Well, I am currently working on a lot of things, like trying to figure out what's the right direction for me to go. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm exploring a couple of different avenues right now, but my focus is still on reaching organizations for leadership development. And one of the key things that I'm kind of weaving into this is our ability to think through problems more critically. So. I think critical thinking is a, is a skill that every human being needs to possess uh, more of because there are so many things happening right now and there's so many different sources of information. And if we don't teach people to think critically about what they're hearing, then we're going to let people influence us, influence us incorrectly. We're going to make poor decisions and make poor results as a result of those poor decisions. So I want to teach this problem-solving stuff. Um, I've got problem-solving workshops that I'm offering to folks. I've got uh, leadership development workshops that I'm offering. I've recently uh, partnered up with a couple of folks to try to, to create a couple of online courses, but I, I, I'm still learning all that, so I don't even know when they're going to be available. I'd hate to, I'd hate to tell people, oh, yeah, they're right here, and, and not have them for another couple of months. But, yeah, but, uh, but even though you're creating them, though, I think what happened, you have a uh, – I love your website, by the way. You have a website that a person can go to. To actually get um, to follow, or or how would they follow you? So when that does happen, they can be be privy to that information. Oh yeah, they can they can go to the website, and at the bottom of the of of any page on the website, they can subscribe to a newsletter. Mm -hmm. uh, I do send out a periodic newsletter when the when you do that. You, that also gives you access to uh, some free downloads. I've got a, a the first book that I wrote was the C four process. Um, it's available for a free download. All you got to do is, is sign up. Um, I don't use the list for anything else. I, I find it challenging enough for me to do a regular newsletter. So, uh, uh, but uh, they can also uh, email me directly at david at dvh.com. 
and I'll be happy to, to discuss whatever's on their mind with them. And um, Vish is V-E-E-C-H. So as you're listening, David, you know, his last name is spelled V-E-E-C-H. And uh, we have the links also in the notes that follow this, this show. But also the, the book, Leader Sites, um, Creating Great Leaders Who Create Great Workplaces. Is that book available um, on Amazon or anywhere else? It is available on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and at CRC Press, which is the uh, publisher. Awesome. Um, it's available yeah. as a Kindle. It's in hard hard copy, and I'm working on an audio book for that. I'm talking to the publisher now to to create an audio version of that. That'd be so great. I mean, I think these these um, you know uh, nuggets you've shared with us today. I mean, you, you just scratch the surface. But even though you've just scratched the surface, you've given us such great content and and valuable. I mean, valuable content that I believe as a leader. Really, they can pick up on listening to this again and through and just start with one of the things David mentioned. Start somewhere. And I believe you will see the difference that takes place right away because he gave us some very um, practical things that you can actually, which I love about the fact that, you know, not some, not, not everybody will give you the how to's and in such a clear manner as David has done. So I really appreciate David, you taking the time to do that and being so generous with the content and the value that you brought to us today. So I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for giving me a place to share it, Kingsley. I really appreciate the invitation. Thank you so much. And so on behalf of the audience here, I have the Kingsley Grand Show, and we want to say a big thank you. And again, I know as a busy man as you are, you know, the teaching and and also your grandkids, you know, yeah. and a new one, as a matter of fact, I don't know how you do it, but my hats are up to you, sir. And thank you again. And have a fantastic day. And there you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed listening to David as he shared about the three L's, you know, I really was, at first, as you heard me talk about my kind of brief pushback, because sometimes it sounds a bit mushy, as I said. But when you when he began to break it down and put it in that context and from the perspective from which he, he came, what a difference that made. So I, I hope your, your takeaways are something like mine. And that you're able to put in use what it is you've heard, what it is you've learned. And again, please take the time to let David know that this show means a lot to you and you got great value from it. You can do that, of course, direct contact to the links he provided. And also on LinkedIn, where I post this show, as well as other platforms, but at LinkedIn, I, I tend to be there more to engage. I would, I would encourage you to leave a feedback, a comment of what your thoughts are or a question that you might have. Let us continue the conversation there on um, in LinkedIn. Okay, so I would want to learn from you what your thoughts and maybe some additions you may have as you listened to the show or experiences or just your testimony of something that resonated with you as you listened. So, any of those things, please share with us. Also, there is a group I have formed on LinkedIn that I would like for you to be a part of if you are on LinkedIn, and it's called the um, Skills Hackers, uh, Skill Hackers Leadership and Emotional Intelligence Community. Now, the name probably may change to Skills Builders. So, if you're looking for it at this point and 
you don't see skills hackers, you will find it under skills builders. And skills is spelt with a Z. So it's one L and a Z. So S-K-I-L-Z. And I would love to have you join us there. Well, my friend, again, one last thing. I know we kind of wait long, but I know that you are such a great guest. I mean, sorry, a great audience. <laughs> and I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen. That I want to mention that if you want to show support outside of just leaving a rating and a, a, um, a review, I have provided just the place for you to do that. And that is at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Kingsley Grant, patreon.com slash Kingsley Grant. And it gives you all the information there. So please take the time to look at it and see if you would want to support the show there as well. Well, my friend, we've come to the end of our show. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Greatly appreciated. And remember, you are one skill away. One skill away. And we hope to bring you closer to your best hope every show that we we uh, produce. My friend, let's put this show now back into the vault as we tuck it away into the vault at the command center here. So let's, here we go. Here we go. There it is. It's now tucked away. I can safely exit the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute. And with that, I said, my friend, peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.